I want to recommend a book to you on, on Christmas. I'm not giving this one away because I want to recommend it again, but it's called Beauty Will Save the World, and it's by Brian Zond. And um, he is my favorite author in the entire universe, if not just this planet. And um, I actually got him to endorse my next book that's coming out in February, which just made me feel all like a little kid and everything. But um, this book, Beauty Will Save the World, Rediscovering the Allure and Mystery of Christianity. If you want to go deep into places in your faith that you had, didn't even know existed, I recommend you pick this up. It's a very slow read because he is a very brilliant man. Okay, this week's begins a series, a television series, evidently, called The End. And at the same time as we step into The End... It is Advent, and we all know what Advent is. The definition of Advent means the arrival of a notable person, the arrival of a notable thing, or the arrival of a notable event. And so we name this anticipation of Christmas Advent, and at the same time that we do Advent, Weirdly, we want to dive into what is the end, and so we get to talk a little bit about revelation at times, but I mean, you guys know, who, who's the notable person? Jesus. And what, what is the notable thing? This one's a little more tricky. I'm just going to tell you. It's the kingdom of God. With Jesus comes the kingdom. And what is the notable event throughout Jesus' life that everything culminates to that sets up our salvation and our life and our peace? The cross. And so we are beginning to enter into an advent, an anticipation of some noteworthy stuff in our lives and in this world. And here is what is unique about Jesus. Up until this point, and some of you have been doing the dirt series, I'm not going to ask us to raise our hands because we all know what happens. Two people raise their hands every time Ryan Rob says, great job, guys, and we're all like, I'm an idiot because I never did it. <laughs> As we're reading through the Bible, we're teaching through the Bible, and we're getting to this point, and you've made it through the Gospels, but up until the point when Jesus shows up, all the way through the entire Old Testament, what is unique is that no one has seen God. People have seen him move. Millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people have watched the power of God part seas so they could walk across on dry land. People who follow him and who do not have seen lightning from heaven consume altars smothered in water. People have seen God's power destroy entire armies with hailstorms. And even Moses himself on Mount Sinai goes up and sees the back of God and his face glows for weeks. But no one has seen God in all of his rawness, in all of his power, in the purest form that God can exist. No one has seen him. And when we finally do, this mighty 
God. What does he show up as? What does the most powerful, omnipotent, awe-inspiring creator of the universe choose to reveal himself as? A baby. A little, tiny baby. Here's my point. If you have a pulse, you have issues. You don't think right, and I don't think right. We don't act right, and we are all in a broken state. But hope, just like Jesus coming as a little baby, is on its way. It's going to be revealed, and you're going to see it. But you have to have eyes to see. Because just like during that time, when Jesus comes as a little baby, every person was expecting a mighty governmental military ruler to come and loose them from Rome's grip. And instead... The God who has destroyed people with hailstorms and opened the earth and swallowed some and drowned the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea doesn't loose that grip. He shows up as a little baby to save their souls, to change the way they think, and to teach them how to live. And we find ourselves in the exact same place today. The exact same place. We know God's kingdom is coming. We've read the book that we don't understand, Revelation. We know the end is near, and yet I'm unsure how many of us are capable of perceiving that moment when the kingdom of God does reveal itself in a glimpse, because usually we're expecting something completely different and we get a baby. And here's why this is important. Because at the end of the day, the analogy that I like to use is the church, you and me, not the building, the people are the movie trailer for the kingdom of God when it will be fully revealed. Have you ever went to a movie trailer you go to the movie, I love movie trailers because I feel like I get to watch six movies. I went to Ender's Game after I had seen the trailer and after I had read the book. And because I had read the book, when I watched the trailer to Ender's Game, I noticed that they put the most climactic scene where everything comes together and the whole movie is decided in the trailer. And yet, Everything within me wanted to go to Ender's Game so that I could be a part. Have you ever been to the movie theater and seen a trailer and it tells you everything that's going to happen in the movie? You know how it starts, you know what happens in the middle, you know what happens in the end, and then you find yourself having to go back to the theater, to the midnight showing because you want to be a part of Katniss saving the known world. Yes, you do. We are the movie trailer. 
We get to show how it begins, how it's in the middle, how it's, how it's going to end, and people get to see that trailer, and they get to say, you know what? I think I want to be there for the midnight showing. I think I want to be a part. But you have to have eyes to see. Let me give you an example. Open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Uh Uh-oh. Revelation chapter 5. Now here's what I would like to teach you about the book of Revelation before I start talking about it because there are about a thousand different interpretations and you could go to school for, for the book of Revelation if you wanted. It is a genre, a type of writing called Jewish apocalyptic literature. Don't try to say that. If you do, don't try to say it three times fast. What it means is that the writer of Revelation is using extreme artistic images to convey a message. And that makes sense in the book of Revelation because the writer, John, we're not exactly sure who he is, is having a vision of heaven and the end. And so whether he is seeing these things or not, I believe he truly is seeing them. By the time he writes them down, he begins using extreme artistic imagery to convey what is going on in Revelation, Jewish apocalyptic literature. And so we get to chapter 5, and there's a story about a scroll. And the scroll is going to tell him, I'm going to shorten it up for you, Everything you need to know about anything and anyone as far as the end is concerned. And John sees this scroll, and here is what we read. Revelation 5.1, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Woo-hoo. Verse 6, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Look, the Lion of Judah, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the the city of David, whatever it was, the Lion of Judah is here, and he can open the scroll, and John looks, and that looks like a half-dead baby lamb. It looks like it's been slain, but it's standing. Like it's been resurrected. Eyes to see. When the kingdom of heaven shows up in your day, you may not notice it because you're expecting a lion 
and you get this bloody lamb that's still standing. Because the lamb, and what is he doing seated on the throne anyways? And it goes on to say what he's surrounded by. And we learn to understand that a lamb, when we see a lamb, the reality is that heaven sees a lion. And when heaven sees a lion, if you're not paying attention, you're going to walk right past the little lamb. So for many of us, we must prepare to go the way of the lamb because when we do, the heavenlies will make us lions. This morning, this was not in my sermon notes, but it's funny. I wanted to take my son to McDonald's for breakfast. And so I didn't make him breakfast And as we turn to leave the house and he shuts off My Little Pony, don't ask me why he's watching My Little Pony, he looks at me and he says, Dad, you didn't make me breakfast. I say, I know. I'm being sneaky. Let's go. But you didn't make me breakfast. Buddy, I am your dad. Have I ever in your life not gotten you breakfast? No? Okay, let's go. But you're not getting me breakfast. We walk down the stairs and he's crying now. And he's sad and so I have a brilliant idea. I'm going to stop and stand in the cold and not unlock the car until he learns to trust me. And so I stop and I say, buddy, have I ever not gotten you breakfast? And it's a stare down. (laughs) But I have a thicker coat on. And two minutes in, he goes like this, shaking his head, no. And I say, then listen to me. You have to trust me. Because I'm your dad. And we get in the car and he's still crying about not getting breakfast. And I pull into the McDonald's driveway and he goes, what are we doing at McDonald's? (laughs) And I don't say a word. (laughs) And I order him pancakes and sausage, which was the recommendation of the person who took my order. And I get him a milk, and I pass that milk back to him, and with all of the gratefulness that God could expect from me, he says, why don't you get me an orange juice? (laughs) Son, you got to choose to see it. The kingdom of McDonald's is standing before presented want to pass it up because it's milk and you are expecting orange juice but if you open your eyes you will see that pancakes and sausage are so much greater than crispix so much greater 
Look, the Lion of Judah. All I see is a little lamb. And he looks like he's been slain. But he's still standing. The kingdom of God is coming. Are you listening? The kingdom of God is coming. And we are the movie trailer. People can glimpse it now. They can know it. They can feel it. They can experience it. And they can say, I want to be a part of that. Because the reality is, the kingdom of God is coming. You're not going anywhere. He's coming here. And he commands us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And with all the faith that I have in the Lord who sent Jesus to teach us that prayer, I don't think he would ask us to pray it if he wasn't going to do it. He is coming here. But understand this. Years ago, before slavery was even abolished, no one would have said, oh, in about 300 years, slavery's gonna be abolished. But at the same time, no one would have said, when the kingdom of God comes and heaven arrives, and when we are all in that place, there will still be slaves. Even when it was happening and it was legal, everyone knew that when the kingdom of God came, everyone would be free because that's the message of the gospel. And so we find ourselves in this unique place where we are forced to ask ourselves this question. As the, as the movie trailers of the kingdom when the kingdom of God prepares to come and when we pray it in and in that moment when it is finally here, what will be abolished? What will remain? And what will be altered? And we must begin to live that glimpse before the greatest unveiling of the greatest drama ever, we must fight to abolish those things now. To find those things that will remain and make them remain today. And to alter our present so that people see and say, I want to be a part of that unveiling, of that movie. Last night at the River's Happily Ever After event, they raised $4,300 to rescue girls. Yeah. $4,300 to rescue girls who are enslaved in trafficking in North America. And we witnessed the testimony of someone say, I was here, and then I caught a glimpse 
of what could be, and I stepped into something new. And as movie trailers, people, as movie trailers, we have this responsibility because it's coming. See the lamb, see the things, when they present themselves to you as the kingdom of God and fight to abolish the things that must be abolished, to keep the things that must be kept and to alter the things that must be altered so that everyone can have a glimpse of the kingdom and so that you and I can agree with God when he writes in the very last book of this Bible as the story closes and everything that has been said is all that needs to be said so that we can agree with him as we read in Revelation 21.5, behold, I'm making everything new. You are the movie trailer. So Father, we ask you to make us glimpses of your kingdom. We want to be the lions in heaven and we do not want to miss the lamb. Thank you for coming as a baby and thank you for your promise to make all things new and let us be a part of that with you by all of your grace and convict us until we cannot say no to your kingdom. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.